Hey guys, my name is Haley Grove and welcome back to Dancers Doing Stuff. I am a big believer that dance can be the thing you love most in life, but it can't be your life. Not if you want to have a sustainable career. So I'm here to talk to dancers about what they do outside the studio. Whether it's cookie decorating, tie-dye, a passion for plants, or starting their own businesses, dancers fulfill their creative passions in so many different ways. Dancers Doing Stuff is about living your most creative life. So if you love dancers and creativity, you are in the right place. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Dancers Doing Stuff. My name is Haley, if this is your first time watching. And I am so, so excited for today's episode. This is actually the very first time that I'm interviewing someone that I don't personally know. So this is a big moment for me. I'm super excited and the guest is amazing. I have Sonia McCord here with me. And let me just read her bio because it is fabulous. Um, okay, get this. So Sonia McCord is a dancer, choreographer, and the artistic director and CEO of the Sonia McCord X. She trains professional dancers to amplify their artistic brand, build independent work, elevate their talent, and monetize their art, all while increasing their marketability and visibility in the industry. Like what? That is so needed. I need help with that. Everyone, I know a lot of you out there, I've seen your Instagrams, you need help with that too. Um, and so <laughs> she is a certified master marketer and has worked for 15 plus years in agency marketing. She has had the opportunity to perform with the Pittsburgh Ballet Theater, Nashville Ballet, Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater, and Dance Theater of Harlem, which, whoa, like, powerhouse names amazing um she is a former point shoe specialist with capizio ballet makers and sonia has traveled internationally to educate lead and advise professional dancers artistic directors and dance businesses on branding visibility marketing and artistic development she's also been featured on online magazines such as dance informa about.me bet.com the grio soul pit magazine and has served as a judge for dance quest canada like what that is so cool and i get to talk to her so as always i love to share a video of my guest moving and grooving so let's check it out because this is a podcast, you can't see the video, but trust me, it is great. After the episode, make sure you head over to Essentially Haley on YouTube or Dancers Doing Stuff on Instagram so that you can check it out. But while I have you here, let's hear from our sponsor. Surprise! The sponsor for today's episode is me. Well, not me exactly, but the Dancers Doing Stuff Patreon. With the Patreon, you get a ton of really fun perks, and you get to help support this show. Some of the perks include fun behind-the-scenes content, getting to know the guests beforehand and being able to submit questions to them. There are Zoom dance parties and stretch sessions. I give you all the craft supplies you need for the month, and you can craft with us live on YouTube. And we also have a private Discord. There are a ton of things, and those are just things that are happening right now. I really want to make stickers, so maybe I can send out some mail. I don't know. I've got a lot of ideas. One of the ideas is the Dancer's Dream Grant Program. When we get 100 patrons, I'm going to start donating 
$1 per patron every month to a dancer who has a creative project that needs help being funded. So that might be hiring a videographer for a concept video or actually paying your dancers or getting them at least some good snacks. There are so many ways that dancers can be supported and I would really love to create a community where we can all support and lift each other up and just all be creative. So the more patrons we have, the more money I can give back. Definitely check out the Patreon and let's get this community growing. Wow, that dress, that energy. Oh, I love it. I wanted to like move with her. Okay, so before I keep blabbing on, let's bring in our guest. Let me give a big round of applause. Yay! Hello, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you. That was the best intro ever. (laughs) I try. I try. (laughs) Amazing. Well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to get into the craft. And this one, fingers crossed, I can't mess up. So we're going to be coloring mandalas. And this is like going to be such a chill craft compared. Some of the ones that I've been doing have been like very involved, very messy, This is making me feel calm already, just looking at it. So I have my Crayola Super Tips over here, and we're just going to be coloring. So there's no real rules that you can, you can just do whatever you want. So that's great for me. Yeah, so I'm excited. I know you have like a lot of different ones to choose from, because this is something that you like to do. Oh, I do. I have a whole book of mandalas. I I don't even know. I tried to find one that was similar to yours. That one is complicated. I have it like looks the, complicated, but it's not. It's it's pretty simple like yours. It's I have just, like the beginner so... version and you have like <laughs> intermediate advanced <laughs> version. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Amazing. Well, while we start to color, let's talk dance. I want to know what is your dance history? Where did you grow up? How did you start dancing? Give me the whole spiel of your entire life. Simple. Okay. That's quite a bit, but... Um... <laughs> Let's see if I can learn how to multitask and color and talk at the same time. Because I'm like a serious colorer. Like, I I get really into it. You get into it? Yeah. Yeah, If you need to take breaks, that's okay. (laughs) Okay, we'll do that. So I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I started dancing when I was six years old. And it started because, well, I always knew I wanted to dance because my favorite movie was Annie. The original Annie with Bernadette Peters and Anne Rankin and Jeffrey Holder. And every time the movie would go off, I would cry hysterically. But I always say, like, Annie had everything I ever wanted in life. (laughs) New York City, Radio City Music Hall, the fancy costumes, the money, the bright lights, all of it. And so I always knew that I wanted to dance. But it wasn't until I was six that my next door neighbor had an open house at her dance studio. And her mom invited me to go. And I remember I had like a khaki skirt, this blouse. My sister dressed me up. She like got me like in these tights. It was not dance clothes at all, right? But I thought I was just going to be sitting and watching. And then the dance teacher said, would you like to try? And I was like, and I'm, I'm a very shy person, but I was like, okay, I'll try it. So I took off my shoes. I remember feeling like mortified that I didn't have the right clothes on at six years old. I was so embarrassed. But I did it anyway. And when the class was over, my mom was like, did you have fun? And I said, yeah, I want to do this. And so she enrolled me in the classes. And from there, I was hooked. I started out with like what the usual ballet, tap and jazz. Yeah. Did that forever. Tap was my favorite. 
until I discovered that ballet had like real technique. <laughs> and then after I discovered that, like, it's not like, cause at first it was so boring, like oh, yes. holding your arm there. Like, and you know, you didn't have any technique. So it's just there. Yes. And then when I realized like there's a way to hold it, I was like, Oh, this is amazing. And so um, I think it was third or fourth grade. My dad bought me tickets to Pittsburgh ballet theater. And when I saw them live, I just fell in love with ballet and begged my parents to let me go to Pittsburgh Ballet and eventually they did. <laughs> and so um, then at that point I tried to stick to like jazz and, and tap at my old studio and do ballet at the same time. But at some point you have to make that decision to switch yeah. over. So I moved to, we moved to Nashville, Tennessee when I was in high school. And so I switched over to Nashville Ballet and that's when I got my real opportunities to perform like in the Nutcracker, which was like amazing for me. I was like, I don't know, just so ecstatic and honored at the same time. Yeah. What was your first Nutcracker role? Because I feel like everyone who who does ballet has their first Nutcracker memory. I was a cherub in the Jose Mateo Ballet. I remember it so. I was the special extra cherub. I got to bring the candlestick on to Clara. Like, Oh, yes. It was amazing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Like, when you get to interact with Clara as a child, that's, like, a big I, oh role. Oh, my gosh. It was, it was a big deal. So what was your very first Nutcracker role? So I love telling this story because I didn't really understand how the auditions worked at Nashville Ballet. You had to be invited. And so we took a class. I barely remember that part. We had the class. Then there was, like, a lineup. And they would line us up in different groups. And I didn't know what that meant. But in the end, they were trying to figure out who was like the soldiers, who were the rats, who were the polished Chanel's. Yeah. And I remember one of the couple girls were talking to me and they're like, they'll probably make you a rat or a soldier. And I was like, hmm, okay. Like so for me, rude. I didn't know. I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. In hindsight, it's completely rude. The ballet world is, like... is shady. <laughs> Even when you're young. <laughs> it was, it wasn't so. I was just like, okay. And so it turns out that I was actually a party child. And yes, and they were the rats and the soldiers. Sweet victory. (laughs) The irony of it all, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, um, yeah, I was a party child and I was a Polish Chanel. So the best thing. You got the two best ones. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I was so like ecstatic and so the Polish Chanel's was super fun. That's always in the second act, as you know. And then the first act, as a party child, you get to be on stage the whole first act. I mean, that is heaven, 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 heaven. And so I remember, like, here we do, I mean, in Nashville, we did maybe 30 performances the whole of December. I never got tired of it, never got tired of the music. We rehearsed from September all the way through December. Like the company members would be like, oh, I don't want to hear network cracker music ever again. And I'm like, please let me do it again. Like, it's that it. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So then after Nashville, what happened next? Where'd you go? So after I graduated from high school, I went directly to New York at 18 years old. And I went to Alvin Ailey. Yes. And like looking back now, I can't believe that I did that because even the summer prior I went up there by myself at 16 I think I was 16 
And I just can't believe I did that. And I was so brave. I thought I was like invincible. <laughs> but Alvin yeah. Ailey had a BFA program. They had just started it. And I was the second class of the BFA program. Wow. So, yeah, it was it was a, a huge experience that I just, at the time, I didn't realize how much of an honor it was to be in there. I guess because like, for me, dancing kind of came easy for me. And so like, I just loved what I did. And I just danced, right? Mm. I didn't really know if I was like really good or not. Things would just happen. Like I felt like I was good. But it wasn't until I ran into someone that I went to the summer program with the year before. And she I was like, Oh, yeah, I'm here. I'm in the Ailey program. And she she said, Oh, I didn't get in. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, I couldn't believe it. And, and yeah. then it like, clicked, like, what an honor, like, people got turned away. It never yeah. crossed my mind. You know what I mean? That's but I such always a say Ailey point. made me a great dancer. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like it's, it's really hard sometimes. I'm like going on a tangent a little bit. But like, sometimes I feel like a lot of people have that kind of, they get stuck in that, like, forgetting how they actually have achieved something really important. And like, no, it's like, you know, you always have those moments where like, ah, oh, you just let me in. You just added an extra right. <laughs> extra cast member so that you felt bad for me. It's like, no, like right. you had talent and you were meant to be in this, in this place. So yeah, yeah, that is, that is so cool. So then how was that? Was it still, it was a four year program, like it how was it a is now? It was a four year program. Yes, exactly. I actually did not finish the program. Um, Ballet was still a part of my heart. And another funny story. This is probably my absolute favorite story. There is another friend of mine. We both were in the Ailey program. She wasn't in the BFA program. She was in the certificate program. But we were really good friends. And we both loved ballet. And she comes with an ad. I don't know where the ad was. But she's like, Sonia. And she puts it on my bed. And she's like, Dance Theater Parliament's having auditions on Sunday. And I was like, for what? She was like, I don't know. But it's a free class. And I was like, yes, it's that's a the best class. mentality. Oh, it was, it was awesome. Right. So we we're like, yes, let's go to this audition for this free class. So we go, of course we dress appropriately, but we're not taking it like seriously in the, you know, regard of like nervousness and yeah. or any of that. We're like having the best time. Like we're looking, we're smiling, we're laughing, like, you know, when you had the lineup and they're trying to figure out who's coming in, yeah. we're sitting there. Everyone's like all prim and proper. We were proper, like respectful, but we yes. weren't like nervous. <laughs> but we kept looking at each other smiling and we both walked out with full scholarships. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. It was like, to me, that's like the ultimate story of how the universe works. Like when I was younger, I used to think about dance through the Harlem. And I, I knew that I wanted to go there. But by the time I was old enough to go, I completely forgot about it because I was thinking about college and who had college programs. And so because we both got in on full scholarship and that was like my opportunity to get back into ballet, I ended up withdrawing from the Ailey program after my second year and went to Dance Theater of Harlem. But my absolute favorite story, it's like just minding my business, enjoying life, like not being nervous and poof, here comes this incredible opportunity. Yeah, wow. That is, I mean, that should be a lesson for everyone. Like, you, you, we, we sabotage ourselves in those auditions so often by like making it so much of a bigger thing than it is. And it's like, you forget you love dance. And that's the reason you're there. It's like, they want to see that love for dance. They don't want to be like, oh, I'm so nervous, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. So then, what happened after that? Like, 
So what, what um, did you guys do? Was it a like a training program that they had? It was, ended up being a training program. It was a certificate cool. program. And as students, we were able to perform with their second company called Dancing Through <gasps> Barriers, which wow. was really, really exciting. Yeah, I loved it. Um, and actually, in all the places I've ever been, in all the schools, everywhere, it's the only place I felt like I belonged. Mm. It was the most like magical, spiritual moment. I remember that first day of class. And it's like, what you see in the movies, like where it's like this beautiful, like industrial type looking building because there's like the brick walls and the big studio with the beautiful windows. And I remember just going in and laying on the floor and just saying like, ah, oh, like I'm home. And it just, it felt so good to be there. And everyone was just so welcoming and gracious. And even to this day, if I run into someone from Dancers of Harlem, even if they don't remember me and I tell them I'm alum alumnus, they're like, oh my gosh, how are you? And they'll give you hugs. And I'm like, oh, I love this place so much. Yeah, yeah but so yeah, it was cool. great. So, so yeah. what were some of your favorite, I mean, I know you've shared a bunch of them, but what are some of your favorite dance, like performing or job? I always say job or experience because I know a lot of the times we don't get paid for things that we probably should be paid for. So that's why experience right. is thrown in there. But what is your favorite, most memorable professional dance experience I think it it's hard I think that my my most favorite is when I got to perform with Alvin Ailey at City Center it was as a student though with Memoria and it's a ballet choreographed by Alvin Ailey and I think from what I remember the story was students were like we want more opportunities to perform Mr. Ailey and so he created this ballet that would allow the first company, I believe the second company and the students to be able to perform. Now I, I'm not sure who it is. I know it was students in the first company, but I'm not sure if the second company participates. But that audition was crazy for me. And it was the first time like the audition wasn't a class. You know, you were learning for me. It was the first time I had to learn choreography and be able to nail it. And then the pressure in rehearsals was just so high, just completely high. And I mean, you're dancing with the A company. <laughs> like, I would pass you, out. I would Yeah, pass usually, out. like I'd never been nervous to perform ever in my life until I performed with Ailey because I was just like, I remember just being on stage like, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up. Like that's all I could think about. But by like the fourth performance, like I was, I was a pro. I was cool. It was good. I got into it. But like it was just extraordinary. And Miss Jameson came in a few of the rehearsals, and you know was just getting on us. And for me, I love when a, a director gets on you, like, and they're like, you know, get low, start grooving, whatever yeah. it is, you know. And they demonstrate, and it's just like that's another thing I sort of took for granted when I was in the middle of it is that a lot of the teachers at Dance Theater of Harlem and Alvin Ailey and even Pittsburgh Ballet Theater, they trained with legends. Like at Pittsburgh Ballet Theater, they were Balanchine ballerinas. And, um, you know, at Alvin Ailey, these are people that danced directly with Mr. Ailey or the teachers that danced directly with Martha Graham or Cunningham. Like, oh, it's just. I have chills just thinking about that. Oh my gosh, I yeah. can't imagine. It didn't hit me till years later. Like, wow. Like, I'm only a generation away from these yes. pioneers and dance and I just I just always say that Ailey made me a better dancer because of just those types of experiences and 
the way the class was with the percussion going and you just walk in the building and you just hear like dun 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 you're just like ah I'm gonna dance. yes oh my gosh yeah that, that is so true and I I love thinking about like our dance history like a family tree one of my teachers in college um Lester Tomei shout out Lester but he mm-hmm. in our dance history class he talked about like creating your dance history tree your dance family tree and you know you see how your influence and like all these different pieces that make your dancer your unique self where it's come from and you get to see all those little pieces and it's just amazing how much of a network like not in a not in a like networking like you know that kind of way but like a true like network like roots and trees that dance and art is like it's alive it's growing and it comes from different places and it branches off and like I just love thinking about it like that because we are all connected but we can make it our own and like oh dance is just amazing I love dance (laughs) I think I know I do too I I think I want to do that that whole um that dance would be family really tree. Cool. I think that would be so amazing to just see and like who trained with who and wow yeah. that would be crazy. I think everyone should do that. <laughs> Homework for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Well, I think that is a perfect time to get to our first game. Let me get our little okay. would you rather before we do that have how is your how is your coloring going? I was so fascinated with everything you I, said. I've colored six dots. So <laughs> I'm not doing great, but <laughs> but we're we have the same color choice. Is that purple that you're coloring? Yes, yes. I love a, I love a cool toned vibe. Um, so do I. <laughs> purple is my favorite color. Um, okay, so these questions for anyone watching live, feel free to comment your responses. It's always really funny to see what people what people pick, and these questions are pretty bizarre most of the time. Okay, so. Let's see. Oh, interesting choices. Okay, so would you rather have toes for fingers or have your speech replaced with the sound of Bohemian Rhapsody when you open your mouth forever? (laughs) Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, that's the only thing that you can ever say to anyone. That's hilarious. <laughs> so you would pick Bohemian Rhapsody over finger yes. toes? Wow. Yes. Yeah, I think that would be a, you know, a nice choice. little melody. <laughs> yeah, okay. I support it. I support it. Okay, next one. Oh, okay, okay. Hmm. Would you rather wear winter clothes all through each summer or have cauliflowers growing from your ears? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is hard. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I would do winter clothes because it's always freezing inside of the building. That's true. So I and the subway anyway. freezing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't I'm think I could do with cauliflowers. I don't want like, toes for fingers and cauliflowers yeah. for years. So. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> I respect it. Okay, last one. Let me randomly pick. What did we get? Oh, oh. Would you rather have your speech replaced with the singular word sausages or have armpits full of sticky honey? Oh. <laughs> There's a lot of like replacing your speech. I don't know what's it going is. on. This game is trying to, I can't to go limit with the you. I'll have to go with the sticky armpit. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Because <laughs> maybe it's like the honey's not gross. It could be yeah. like 
you wake up, you make some tea, you just right in there, you know, like it's, get some wax paper maybe. To yeah, something. you could you yeah. could make like Stickiness. all sorts of stuff. It, you know, you could start a business. I could start a whole business, like cover entrepreneur, which I'm so excited that actually brings us to our next topic that's a perfect transition you know you're an entrepreneur you're not a armpit honey entrepreneur but no you have been doing marketing you've been doing your own program that's starting I want to hear all about it I'm fascinated with the things that dancers create and do and especially when you focus on helping dancers which we need a lot of help so tell me everything that you do with your life yeah casual okay <laughs> in five minutes no, yeah <laughs> I have the timer um, on <laughs> so um I started the Sony McCord X which actually stands for the experience Ooh. and it's about creating experiences for dancers that help make the career easier. Um, in particular, I have one program called Dance of Visibility, and it's a free intensive that it's going to start next week. Yay! Everyone um, sign up. <laughs> yes, please do. Danceofvisibility.com. Basically, um, I teach dancers how to build their brands, like amplify their brands, how to build their resumes and portfolios, and how to elevate their talent. And with the three of those, I call it like the visibility trifecta. It helps increase your visibility and marketability as a dancer, which ultimately helps you book jobs. Nowadays, dancers are getting booked straight off of social media, in particular Instagram. And so it's really important to be able to showcase your dancing in a way that shows that you're professional, that you're reliable, that you can move, <laughs> that you've had experience working with other dancers or that you can pick up choreography. And so I teach dancers how to do that. In addition to, I'm leading this whole movement. Like I really want to just disrupt the dance industry. Yes, I and, was gonna say, I know this is something yeah. that you're passionate about and <laughs> tell me everything about this because I love it. Yes, yeah, so the movement is just, you know, dancers get caught up in this like training, audition, training, audition loop. And we just go back and forth, back and forth, hoping for someone to give us that opportunity and say yes to us. And what we find is a lot of dancers are even afraid to call themselves professional dancers because they aren't getting paid for it or mm -hmm. they haven't had that big, you know, tour or they're not in a dance company yet. And so what I am doing is empowering dancers to take their career in their own hands. I'm not saying to stop auditioning and stop training because obviously we still want those big jobs, right? But while you do that, build your own legacy, build your own body of work, much like who I've already mentioned, Alvin Ailey, Maris Cunningham, Martha Graham, Josephine Baker, Catherine Dunham, the list goes on, right? Mm. So it's giving dancers permission to build their own body of work and to call themselves dancers and professionals and to feel empowered to create their own work because we are creative beings and it's not enough to just learn other people's choreography. I mean, after a while, like, I mean, obviously most dancers love learning choreography. So that's that. But then there's a part of us that will always want more, something else to do, something else that like allows us to be creative, like coloring. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but to be able to find like your own signature style of dancing 
and just explore that side of it that we don't get to explore in the audition room or we don't get to explore in class. That freedom to be able to create your own style of dancing. Mm, I love that so much. And I think I, over this pandemic, I think I've, like everyone, I've been doing a lot of like reflection and, you know, thinking about it like, oh my gosh, my time in New York has just flown by. I moved here yes. after college and like, oh my gosh, it's really easy to get down on yourself and, you know, mm-hmm. it's exactly like what you said, like, oh, I'm not a professional because I've only done like one job. I don't make my entire career from this, you know, from performing. And, and also something that I've been realizing is that, you know, when I was younger, I would create, you know, whether it was crafting or whether it was putting on a Backstreet Boys song and like making a dance and forcing my non-dancing friends to learn it at my house for hours and, and <laughs> force my dad to film it. You know, it's like I yeah. would create because that was just, it was just what I wanted to do. And then I don't know when that shifted in my brain of like, well, are you allowed to create because you haven't done right. enough? Especially coming to New York. I moved here. I had all these ideas for concept videos and all of these yes. dreams of things. I want to be in other people's productions, but I had dreams of making my own stuff. And somewhere along the line of the hustle and the being said no to and getting called out in certain groups and compared to in a class when you're going to learn and then instead end up being sectioned off into good, better, best, not great at yep. all. Like mm-hmm. somewhere along that line, I lost that in myself. And I think having this time away from class and having this time, just this weird time that we've all been going through, I've realized that that is something that I really wish that I could tap into and I'm trying and it is something that is surprisingly so hard to allow yep. yourself to be creative and to be your type of creative instead of trying to fit into these other people's boxes. So I am all here for what you're doing because it is so, so needed. That's so true because it's it's scary and it's overwhelming to be creative. I even find it for myself. And I think what it is, it's like, especially now with social media and there's dance is hot on da- on social media, right? Yeah. So you're watching so many different creative videos on YouTube and on Instagram and you know, the concept videos and then you're seeing like the professionally done things and yes, it's, it's almost like, like full am I creative enough? Yes. Right. <laughs> like full on big enough? budget productions. And you're like, right, exactly. how did you do that? <laughs> now if I film something on my iPhone, it's going to look like garbage. Like, yeah. Oh, for right. sure. <laughs> well, the judgment that comes with it. And that's where I, that's where dancer visibility comes into play is it's allowing yourself the freedom to just dance and to just move and to find that love that you have for it again without judgment at mm. all. And I actually came up with my other program called Freestyle Prompts, which is I love this. another program that it's basically, it gives you different prompts, like it's a thousand prompts, like dance as if you're walking on water or dance as if you just found out the worst news of your life, something like that. The thing about it was when I was structuring this course, it comes out next month, is that I didn't want to teach you how to freestyle because to me, that's not giving you the creative freedom to explore who you are. I really just wanted to systemize the approach to movement and to Mm -hmm. dancing so that dancers can start to discover and and play around with movement. You know what I mean? Like some of these freestylers that are really good, that's all they do is just play. 
Yeah. They pick up a pen and next thing you know, they're like dancing with the yes. thing. <laughs> like, doing this, and like, they're not afraid thing. to mess up to d- like, not afraid. There's no right or wrong. And it's like, it's so hard to get out of that mentality. <laughs> and it probably also, I don't know about you, but I took, I grew up with a very like strong ballet, modern training. I always yeah. did like jazz, tap, hip hop. Like I love all that stuff, but I, I did like the four, four ballet classes a week that were three hours, yep. the point, like the, all of that. And yep. it's like in certain styles, there is like a very right or wrong way to do something. Of course, with te- yeah. there's technique in, in all styles and, and there are right, right ways and wrong ways to do things. But certain styles really drill it into you that you have to follow this thing so much. You have to look a certain way. If you don't look a certain way, you're not going to be successful. If you're not doing this by the time you're 16, you're not like there is so much like subconsciously drilled into our heads I feel like with having to be a certain way and then I remember I went to like a very like artistic free high school where dance was like we're room rating and like doing all these really cool things (laughs) but it was really hard for me to just let go of like am I doing this right do I do a turn Mm -hmm. do I do a kick to show my leg during this this improv or something and it's like (laughs) no Haley you don't don't need to do that keep your leg on the ground like you know wiggle a little bit like find different ways of moving but it is really hard I think even still um you know freestyling in a in a class like just having the freedom I think a lot of that like freestyle is freedom and it's like why is it so hard to find that sometimes I don't know that's a personal problem I guess but I think it's a problem that a lot of dancers have because we're so, like, we're probably the only profession that is taught to look at yourself and criticize yourself the entire time. So if you're used to just staring in the mirror, looking for what's wrong so that you can fix it, when it's time to be creative and you've seen all these other people doing these cool moves, we see them after they're seasoned, after they've worked through all the kinks. We don't get to see them when they're at our level beginning freestyle and trying to figure out like what works for us and what do we like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's hard to like not see them and compare yourself when you're trying to move and be free. And then if you don't know what to do, obviously we're going to go straight to like pirouettes and (laughs) bot moms. Yes, literally always, always. A little hitch kick to get spicy, yep. you know. It's like, <laughs> wow, no. I, I'm i so excited for all of these things. Definitely everyone will have all the information in the show notes and everything, but for sure check them out. So what I wanted I wanted to ask, I wrote down some, I wrote down some questions for this episode. Okay. I was very nervous. Um, but I wanted to know, like, what are the top three, like, mistakes that you see dancers making when they're marketing themselves or just kind of like what are some things that you're just like oh god like I wish I could help you like you need to take my class please let me help you kind of situation <laughs> or even it might when not it be like things like that they're marketing or just in general hmm I think I was thinking about like maybe what you see them presenting of themselves so it might be marketing but it might just be like general etiquette or general you know online whether it's online or in person just kind of things that like make you as someone who's knowledgeable in these things kind of be like oh honey let me help you yeah I think it's when dancers their their profiles especially on Instagram they don't look like they're dancers like they don't even say they're a dancer Mm. but yet this is something they really want to do 
we need to see dance all over your page. And I find that a lot of dancers are afraid to put themselves out there. Mm -hmm. And I think the most important thing is to constantly post your dancing, even if it's from the beginning and someone can watch your journey and your evolution of dance. That would be the first thing Two, putting like random things on their page that you can have like 20% of your personal life, but you also have to remember like you're a brand at this point. Yeah. So you don't want like a picture of like your pizza, like on a styrofoam plate. Like, no. <laughs> yes. No, a hundred percent. I think that that's something that, that especially like I grew up kind of like in this middle realm of like, I remember cassette tapes, but I also like, you know, remember when the iPhone came out and Instagram came out. So it's kind of been this interesting kind of how do we how do we figure this out? How do we learn and grow with it? And I think I feel like some younger people, they can come at it and I feel like they start off like at the jump, branded, ready. They're archiving their posts. These kids that I teach, they'll have like two posts because they archived all of the ones that they posted (laughs) when they were 13 and they're like, no, it's not me anymore. Like it's interesting and and as someone who has, you know, friends who are non-dancers and dancers, it's kind of finding that balance because I know sometimes people look at your page and they forget that Instagram is not, for everyone it's not a branding platform it's not a marketing Mm -hmm. platform but for performers and dancers and a lot of other industries it's like this is like you said how we get a lot of jobs and so it's it's like you know sometimes I've had people be like oh well like you're you know you're so great you know everything like you know they think that you're yes living your best life and they forget that this is (laughs) this is my resume this is my LinkedIn and you're you're following me because you know me but like this is I can't post like my friends you know cheese sandwich that she's proud of or I don't know why that but there's I don't know anyone who made a cheese sandwich recently and really yummy, but you know I I don't know where I'm going with this but like no I totally get what you're it's saying interesting it's interesting to what... find that balance and I guess the most important thing is just you can't care what other people think about you I guess that's while really I'm true. listening to myself I'm like you know what you just do what you want to do that's it that solves mm-hmm. the issue so I guess uh, thank you for helping me work through that. Yeah, but that's hard, though. Oh, you're very welcome. You (laughs) did it all by yourself. But (laughs) that's the common thread with a lot of the dancers that I work with is that there's like this hesitancy, like a a mindset block where the minute they really, like there'll be that moment where like one girl in particular, she lost all this weight. She looked so good. And then she lost her partner, like her partner got jealous of her. And so then like what that does to her Mm -hmm. psychologically, it's like when I'm successful, I'm going to lose things that are important to me. And so they, she wasn't putting herself out there anymore. And it's like learning to get over the hump of, you know, the perception of how people look at you when you're doing well. And the second part of that is also dancers. Like I remember one dancer was like, I don't want to be that girl. And I'm like, be that girl like you have to if this is your dream this is what you want to do you have to put yourself out there and those that are in your circle may not understand but it's not for them to understand because you have to have that like tunnel vision mm-hmm. the eye on the prize you know knowing exactly where you want to go and making sure that you do all the steps that's necessary and that is self-promotion like yeah they're not getting your job they're not going to auditions for you you know what I mean so yeah you have to just go for it wow I love 100 percent Ooh, now I'm like thinking all the things I need to do when we hang up. But what are some of your other passions outside of dance? I know that you you mentioned that you love binge watching shows. I was wondering 
what is like the latest show that you are watching on Netflix or whatever streaming services out there? <laughs> you know what? Okay, so I try not to start any new shows because I get obsessed. Like I will literally like watch it from beginning to end. I take bathroom breaks and food breaks and that's it. Like <laughs> so I haven't done that in a while because I've been trying to be really productive with my yeah. business. But I do, the latest show that I'm watching now is The Blacklist. And unfortunately, Ooh. it's live. So I have to wait every Friday for the oh new episode gosh. to come in. And I can't stand what it. What even is that like? I don't even remember real it's TV. It's so hard. Oh, my goodness. I actually just binge-watched the show Shadow and Bone on Netflix. It's mm-hmm. like a new one. It's only eight episodes. Highly recommend. Finished it this morning. And it's based on books. So now I have to read seven books. Read the books. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, add another thing to my list. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. What are some other things that you are passionate about outside of dance? I am kind I mean, of boring. You're, like, you're I'm busy, actually really so. passionate about business and entrepreneurship. And it That's sounds so good. Like, square, but I love no, it. I love, I love it. marketing. Like, I I will watch, when I watch television, I analyze commercials. I can't help it. I'm like, that was stupid. Why did you do that like that? Or you could have done this and this would have been better. And advertising, I just love ads. I love, like, I don't know. It's just so nerdy. No, I love it. (laughs) But it's just what I love. love I, I love business and I love the idea of building brands and creating something from, I guess it's similar to dance, like building something from scratch. And watching it flourish and grow. And so the other part of my business is um, marketing where I do, I help businesses and entrepreneurs build online businesses and make money. So ideally, I would be able to help dancers do the same thing. Find ways to make money with their art. Yeah, I love that. What are some of the the marketing I know that you, you mentioned that you have been doing marketing for like 15 plus years. What is... Was that in like a corporate setting, like you know, uh, where the suit, or has it always been kind of like your own path that you've made? Like, were you ever work? I guess my real question is, did you ever work for one of those like big corporate like job jobs? You know. <laughs> oh yes, I did. I when I first, so I ended up finishing school in business and finance, and so I worked as a financial analyst for three years, and then I ended up transitioning into marketing. It wasn't corporate, corporate, because um, when you work for a marketing agency, (laughs) you could be like very creative, like you could dress in jeans and t-shirts at a marketing agency. So it's very like relaxed that way. But the position itself is like very much structured in the same way that if you worked for like a big organization or a big corporation. Um, But like even my job with Capizio, Capizio has been around for over 130 something years and I was a global point shoe specialist, but essentially it was marketing and it was traveling, well, the world actually (laughs) and going to different dance companies and going to retail stores and um, learning about point shoes. I, okay, I wore point shoes for I don't know how many years and there's so much I had no idea about point shoes. And so when I got this job, we had this like intense training for eight weeks. We were in the factory every day. I got to see how the point shoes were made. I was in heaven. That's it was so like, cool. And that point shoe smell. Like, remember when yes, you open the box? The and it's like, <gasps> like every time, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the whole factory would smell like that. And I would be so excited to go to the factory and just fascinated by the whole process. But we would, in learning how the shoes were made, we learned how to fit dancers. And it 
actually can make or break your career as a dancer if you have the wrong type of point shoes. And I had no idea it was that dramatic. And so, or significant, I should say, not dramatic. But I would go to different different stores. We would have um, point shoe days where dancers would come in. We would talk about their issues. I would either do custom orders for them, like custom design point shoes for them, or we would find a sock shoe for them. And then it just became this, like, thing where dancers would start asking me other questions because they knew I was a dancer like how do I get more visible or how do Mm. I stand out or how do I do this and that's sort of how I realized there was this whole need for you know the business side of dance and the marketability and the visibility and that's where the idea came from but point shoe being a point shoe specialist was probably one of my favorite jobs Um, just being able to work with dancers and I got to go to South America and Canada and Puerto Rico and all these different countries and seeing dancers all around the world and you know a lot of them spoke Spanish but the language was was the same and they would do like these motions like I remember sometimes the the, um, someone in the audience would ask a question in Spanish but she would talk about the point shoes and then I would just start answering in English and I'm like wait I just understand what she asked like dance is a universal language and it's like you know the motions with the shoes and the breaking and the size and so yeah it was an amazing experience that (laughs) is so cool okay so it is time for our next game our little okay let me get it ready let me get our little special (laughs) (laughs) questions So these questions I'm going to randomly pick. We'll see if we veto any of them. One of each color. And it's less of a game, more of a mystery. So here we go. Let's see what we got. Pick a color. Okay. Blue. Have you ever had a job you absolutely despised? Yes. (laughs) And it was my highest paying job. It was a startup and it was so stressful. Like, just picture a room of like 20 type A personalities. Everyone had an attitude. I would go home every day just crying and hysterical. And I remember mm-hmm. saying, I don't see this job. I don't see me lasting three months. And by three months, I was I was out. It was just so toxic. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. I think I'm still a little traumatized by it. <laughs> yes. Okay, next color. Mm-hmm. Let's go with pink. What has been your best moment so far this year? my best moment so far this year I honestly and I'm not just saying that I think right now this moment this is so much fun oh my gosh I'm honored (laughs) yeah like it's just such a fun um, show to be able to talk to you and color and just it's such a relaxing situation and just being able to share my story with other dancers and with your audience I'm like this is a really big moment for me and so I'm thankful for it oh my goodness (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Okay. <laughs> Next color. Uh, let's go with orange. If you had to be on a reality TV show, which one would you choose? It doesn't exist anymore, but I would have loved to have been with uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I could have been like a best friend. <laughs> yes, you would have gotten the life. Like, yeah, that would have been nice. But I will say Real Housewives of New York would have been a close second. Any mm-hmm. Real Housewives, but yeah. New York's my place. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. This one I feel like is very uh, relevant to your work. It says, do you believe that everyone has a purpose in life and what is yours? 
It's a very deep one to end on. Actually, but... <laughs> oh, I'm glad I did because I was like hesitating, like between the purple and the orange, and so I think this was out. a good way to, to yeah. yeah, it's a good segue. Do I believe everyone has a purpose in life? Mm-hmm. Is that the question? Yeah, I do. I believe that we all have a divine calling, and some people it's harder for them to find what that is. I was fortunate enough to know since I was a little girl, but I feel like if people who are trying to find their purpose, if they're, if they would go back to one of their earliest memories and think about the things that they loved as a child and what you were passionate about before the world got to you, before the world started telling you like, you can't do this because you won't make money or this is going to give you, you know, you're going to struggle or it's too far fetched. If you could go back to that place of what drove you, what made you so excited and passionate. I feel like it's one of the, the, relatively easier ways to identify what your passion and purpose is but even still like there's also this other part of you I think that if you just dig deep you know like what you really are here to do and that's aside from like career like for me I know that my purpose in terms of helping people is giving people permission to dream big and to go after it because we live in this world where like most of the people around us are going to limit us in their beliefs because you can only go as far as your limitations or your, your sight. And if you have a big vision, it's only your vision. Like no one else is going to get it. No one else is going to see it. And so you have to rely on yourself and you need support. And so that's where I come into play is I give people support and permission to go after it a hundred percent, no matter where you are, whether you're a beginner or you're super advanced, like, just go after your dreams because who would have thought that we would have telephones with FaceTime and, you know, even back in the day when they, who, you know, when they decided to create a telephone wire, like who would have thought that would work, right? That's what the innovators are. The innovators think crazy. They think outrageous. They think big and only they can see that vision. And so I try to remind those people that the innovators, the ones that are budding innovators to just go for it and, give it a hundred percent and just not worry about what the rest of the world says to them. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. So the last question I ask everyone is, Oh, I'm losing my voice. The last question I ask everyone is what brings out your most creative self? (sighs) What brings out my most creative self as a dancer? This sounds so cliche, but it's music. I just love all kinds of music and it just you know if you're stressed out and you listen to classical it just calms you down or if you're trying to focus classical music can help you focus or if you just want to feel excited and uplifted you put on your favorite song and instantly like it's you know you're uplifted and it also clears my head it allows me to not focus on the things that are stressing me out or the pressures of the world and just relax and I feel like when and coloring does the same thing actually clears your head and I believe that when your head is clear that's when the inspiration starts to feed you and that's Mm. when I start to feel more creative with what I want to do and and also reading books reading books really gives me some inspiration too yeah I love that that's a new one no one's ever said books before so that's but music it seems to be it's, it's really interesting Side side tangent, um, it's really interesting after doing so many interviews with people to hear their answer to that question. And music seems to be, I think, the top 
reoccurring thing and it's just the the power of music and dance and dancers and our connection with music is just something really interesting but I love all of that so where can people find you if they want to get in touch I know you have your program starting tell everyone all the places they can find you okay on Instagram my personal account is starring Sonia and it's Sonia with a J S O N J A. Um, my professional Instagram is the Sonia McCord X. Please follow us there. If you want to see our website, it's so- the Sonia McCord X.com. I put a lot of effort into that website and it's beautiful. If I do say so myself, it is. And- it is. I've seen it. <laughs> Thank you. If you knew all the labor of love that I put into that website, but anyways, um, and then if you want to join the, the Dance of Visibility Intensive, which is next week, Monday through Friday, it's a half an hour every day. It's live in our Instagram account, but you can register at danceofvisibility.com or you can just go straight to Instagram at Dance of Visibility and request access. Just make sure you're officially registered so you get all the emails. And the response is always incredible. And Haley, I hope to see you there because yes, I'm so excited. We'll get so much invaluable information. The first time I did it, I was so nervous. Like, what if dancers hate this? What if they don't need it? And then it was the complete opposite. I I felt affirmed that what I'm doing is what is needed. You know what I mean? So yes, all the answers I encourage to come and invite your friends. (laughs) Yes. Everyone definitely check it out. I'm going to be there. I'm so excited. I'm like, this is all stuff that I need so badly. Um, and yeah. So if you want to follow me, my personal Instagram is Haley Grove, super simple. Um, and definitely check out the dancers doing stuff Instagram. I'm slowly finally rolling out episodes from the past. I think we're on episode six now. And for reference, this is probably like the 30 something episode. So we've got a long way to go there, but it's a journey. Come join us and watch it unfold. Um, and then definitely subscribe to this channel. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers before the end of the year. So would mean a lot if you subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's essentially Haley right down below. You're watching this video uh, right on this channel. Um, and what else? Uh, oh, duh, the Patreon. So if you are loving this show and loving this content, definitely check out the Patreon. Um, it's really fun. I'm trying to build it up to be a community of people who just love dance and love creating and want to create without the stress of being perfect all the time um and just the the thing i'm most excited about is when we get 100 patrons i'm going to be starting the dancers dream grant program which means i'll be donating one dollar per patron every month to a dancer who has a creative project that needs help being funded so whether that's hiring a videographer for a concept video or renting studio space or paying your dancers or getting them some really good snacks. Um, Just hopefully creating a community that can help support this show and also support the dance community as a whole and just lift us up and keep us creative. So check out all of those things. Thank you so much, Sonia, for being here. This was such a pleasure. I need to work on my coloring. I only colored like hardly anything i was just so fascinated oh yours looks really good i'm gonna work on this and then i'll definitely post a picture of of it when it's completed but okay i'll send you you. mine too yes i need to see it 
Yes. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's such an honor. Thank you for being here. And thank you, everyone who's watching. I see your comments. Um, They're so awesome. (laughs) All right, guys. Have a great night. Bye.